0: Due to the sensitive nature of today's material, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes animal death and gore. We advise extreme caution for children under 13.
1: In the mid-90s, scientist Colm Kelleher found himself far away from the comfort of a lab and thrust into a truck cruising through the desolate Utah Valley.
0: He and a few other scientists had been hired to analyze strange phenomena taking place on Sherman Ranch. So far, they'd found nothing plausible, but they'd gotten a call that something terrible had happened on the property.
1: Their truck stopped a few yards away from where the rancher stood, stock still, staring at something heaped on the ground. Kelleher got out, approached the figure, and nearly gagged. Something had ripped apart a young calf.
0: All four of its legs had been torn off and laid neatly nearby. It had also been gutted, its stomach splayed open.
1: He bent down to get a closer look. Then a chill ran down
0: his spine. The calf had no blood. The researchers stared at each other. Maybe something strange was happening on Sherman Ranch.
1: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly.
0: And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer.
1: Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast
0: for free on Spotify. This is our final episode on Sherman Ranch. In the 1990s, the Sherman family encountered strange and haunting phenomena on their farm in northeastern Utah.
1: Last time, we covered the Shermans' time on the property. They allegedly faced massive wolves, mysterious glowing lights, and even UFOs. When they eventually found their cattle mutilated, the Shermans sold the property.
0: This time, we'll follow the investigation into the ranch. For over two decades, researchers have lived on the land and attempted to reveal its secrets. They might have uncovered the truth behind alien life, a reality the government doesn't want you to know.
1: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us.
0: For those who study UFOs, Sherman Ranch is considered a hotbed of paranormal activity. In the mid-1990s, Terry Sherman and his family bought the Utah farm, hoping for a new start. But over the course of two years, they claimed to be haunted by mysterious forces.
1: Early on, the Shermans were nearly attacked by a wolf, much larger than any they'd ever seen. Then, Terry and his wife witnessed glowing lights in the sky and orange spheres that looked like portals into
0: other dimensions. The sightings took a deadly turn as the family discovered their cattle mutilated. Soon after, Terry even found the charred remains of his three loyal guard dogs. For the safety of his wife and children, he finally decided to sell the ranch.
1: But the question then became, who would purchase such a cursed place?
0: The disturbing activity on the farm probably scared off most buyers, but a wealthy businessman named Robert Bigelow saw the ranch as a golden opportunity to prove the existence of alien life.
1: Bigelow made his fortune by running a hotel chain, but his true passion lay in the study of the paranormal Since he was young, he'd heard stories of his grandparents encountering UFOs in the desert. He'd been obsessed with aliens ever since. In
0: 1995, Bigelow founded the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDS. Their job was to investigate all things paranormal, but most specifically, extraterrestrials and UFOs.
1: For a year, research opportunities were few and far between. Then, in 1996, Bigelow read about a little ranch in Utah that became the alleged target of alien visitors. And as luck would have it, the property was up for sale.
0: Weeks later, he closed a deal with the Shermans to buy their farm. The ink had barely dried when Bigelow sent in Nid's scientists to investigate the ranch.
1: Leading the effort was Colin Kelleher. Kelleher, co-author of the book Hunt for the Skinwalker, had spent the first 15 years of his career as a cell and molecular biologist. But like Bigelow, he had always harbored an interest in the paranormal. The opportunity to study at Sherman Ranch was a chance he
0: couldn't pass up. When Kelleher and his team arrived, they weren't alone on the property. Since they were unfamiliar with the local terrain, they'd hired Terry Sherman to help guide them. The crew's first challenge
1: was figuring out how to record any mysterious activity. Scientists had never inspected alien spacecraft. There was no precedent with how to
0: officially study them. On top of that, Sherman's stories made it sound like the supposed extraterrestrials were highly intelligent. It would take all of the Institute's cunning to find the proof they were looking for. So they set up high-tech surveillance equipment all over the ranch.
1: Their advanced machinery included light detectors that measured the UV rays in the sky and around the property. This data would allow researchers to track any unusual spectral activity and store it on their computers.
0: If anything appeared, they wanted to capture proof, then show it to the scientific community and the public.
1: Plus, two teams of scientists and investigators patrolled the property every night. Armed with walkie-talkies and camcorders, they set out to record any unusual occurrences they witnessed.
0: That November, Colum Kelleher went with one of the teams on night patrol when they finally spotted something. A bright yellow light. It zoomed over a nearby ridge, moving as fast as a jet. It was coming straight over their heads.
1: The patrolmen stared up at the light in shock and awe. It circled them over and over. They may have feared they were about to be abducted.
0: Kelleher raised his camera. As he did, the ball of light zipped away. He snapped photographs as fast as he could. Then, the mysterious object was gone.
1: Later, the team developed the film. They hoped the final product would be the proof they were looking for. But when the pictures were developed, they only showed a dim, undefined light. It wasn't concrete evidence, but it was progress. But soon, they found more than they bargained for.
0: In March 1997, the researchers returned to their offices in Nevada, leaving Terry Sherman to man the ranch alone. One of those days, Sherman was going about his routine. He tagged a calf and watched it wander off with its mother. Meanwhile, he continued his work, accompanied by one of his trusty guard dogs.
1: Forty minutes later, the dog snarled and took off into a nearby field. Sherman gave chase and soon discovered what the canine had sensed. He immediately called Kelleher's team and asked them to
0: come right away. The researchers immediately took a flight to Utah. By the time they arrived a few hours later, they found Sherman peering down at a dark mound. As the team got closer, they realized he was looking at a dead calf. It was the same one he'd tagged earlier.
1: All of the baby cow's legs had been torn off and laid neatly next to it. The animal's stomach was carved away. It looked like half of its body mass had been ripped out. And most disturbingly, all of its blood was gone.
0: The scientists didn't understand what creature or person had the ability to inflict that kind of damage especially in just 40 minutes. And according to Sherman, they'd done it without making a sound.
1: The veterinarian on hand bent down to get a closer look at a cut on the cow's stomach. He said the incision was too fine to be made with claws or teeth. It must have been performed with a knife or scalpel.
0: Sherman agreed. In all of his years on ranches, he knew the signs of a predator attack. Whether their culprit was human or not, he didn't know.
1: The team fanned out in the field, searching for a sign of the perpetrator. Footprints, tracks, any imprint in the ground. There was nothing.
0: After hours of looking, the men trudged back towards the house. They passed by the dog kennel and saw that the animals inside shook with fear. Sherman was
1: concerned. They hadn't come out for food or water at all. Clearly, something had spooked them.
0: For the next day, the whole team returned to the pasture to continue searching. They poured over the field in search of any evidence, but they came up empty-handed.
1: Then, on March 12th, at 11 p.m., the dogs started to howl. Sherman and Kelleher's team sprinted to his truck and sped towards the
0: barking. Maybe whoever attacked the calf was back. If Sherman hurried, they might be able to stop them before they did any more harm.
1: Sherman used a spotlight attached to his truck to try and locate what the dogs were howling at. It flashed across the tree line at the edge of the field and landed briefly on a large shadow. Then the truck and the light careened
0: away. The researchers figured they must have seen a cow. Sherman assumed the animal was in trouble and stepped on the gas.
1: They raced closer and closer to the trees. Then two small orbs of yellow light appeared in the trees.
0: The men gasped. As the truck sped forward, the spotlight illuminated an enormous, dark creature with yellow eyes. It was perched on a branch 20 feet above the ground. Kelleher and his team
1: were stunned, but Sherman had been encountering the supernatural for years. He wasn't phased. He was angry.
0: Sherman was determined not to let this beast prey on another calf. He stomped on the brake and reached behind him. The farmer brandished his rifle, loaded it, and shot the beast between its yellow eyes. The creature vanished.
1: Convinced he'd struck the thing, Sherman hit the gas and steered toward the tree. Then he stopped and the whole crew split up to look for the corpse.
0: The scientists stepped cautiously. At any moment, they expected the beast to jump out and snatch them.
1: In the distance, two shots rang out. The researchers raced towards the sound. They found Sherman with his rifle smoking, and no beast.
0: The rancher claimed he'd shot the mysterious animal twice at point-blank range. Then, it had run off into the darkness.
1: Everyone searched for traces of the creature but they found nothing. After two hours, they gave
0: up the search. It had been one of the most terrifying nights of the men's lives, and yet they had nothing to show for their fear.
1: Still, the stories from the ranch suggested there could be something supernatural happening. Maybe Terry Sherman's stories were true, and the farm was the epicenter of otherworldly activity.
0: At least, that's how Robert Bigelow sold his studies to friends and potential investors. Soon, he had other people interested in financing his research into UFOs. In fact, he even attracted the attention of a famous United States senator.
1: Coming up, the U.S. government funds UFO research. Hi listeners, I'm Vanessa Richardson, host of Serial Killers. Like many of you, I'm fascinated by the darker side of humanity. What causes someone to develop such deadly desires, and why they decide to act on them? For the past six years, I've been able to explore these curiosities weekly, tapping into the mental states of the world's most notorious killers, examining their backgrounds and habits, searching for answers. If you haven't had a chance to check out our show, there's truly no better time to dive in. With hundreds of episodes to binge and new ones released weekly, Serial Killers is the perfect podcast for any avid true crime fan. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Listen for free only on Spotify.
2: Elevate every morning with Tommy John's second skin underwear
0: After Robert Bigelow purchased Sherman Ranch, he was determined to study the supernatural events happening on the property. So he hired author and molecular biologist Colum Kelleher. After years of
1: searching, Kelleher and his team witnessed various strange phenomena, but they'd failed to produce any proof. For skeptics, the lack of evidence was damning. If all that equipment couldn't detect aliens at a UFO hotspot, then maybe extraterrestrials weren't there after all.
0: Yet their research sparked the interest of one very important man.
1: Like Robert Bigelow, United States Senator Harry Reid hailed from Nevada and harbored a fascination with UFOs. Ever since he was a boy, he'd gaze up at the starry night sky and wonder what was out there.
0: Later, he grew fascinated with the infamous Area 51. Many believed, and some still do, that the military base held evidence of extraterrestrials, things like crashed UFOs or recovered alien corpses.
1: As a Nevada Senator in the late 80s, Reed was given a chance to visit Area 51. While most of what he saw remained classified, The experience only heightened his interest in extraterrestrials. And when the 90s came around, that interest turned into something of an obsession.
0: However, as a politician, the senator was concerned that these fringe beliefs would tank his career. So he kept his curiosity under wraps.
1: But then, sometime in the 90s, Reed met Bigelow. The senator was impressed by Bigelow and his research efforts at NIDS. So, eager to get government support, Bigelow invited the politician to the organization's meetings.
0: Reed agreed to participate, but only on the condition that his inclusion be kept an absolute secret. Nobody could know he was involved in UFO research. Bigelow agreed.
1: Reed began attending NIDS meetings, and Bigelow continued to stoke Reed's interest in the subject. And while it's not clear what the two men discussed, it seemed to be credible enough for Reed to risk his entire
0: career. His own staff begged him to stop attending the meetings. They said that his association with Bigelow could alienate voters and ultimately cost him his Senate seat.
1: But Reed kept coming back to NIDS, In fact, he doubled
0: down. Around this time, Bigelow founded Bigelow Aerospace, an outer space technology and aeronautics company which showed his interest in UFOs was even more serious. And Harry Reid helped
1: Bigelow find investors, like the U.S. government. In
0: 1997, Reid brought up the idea of UFO research funding with his other Senate colleagues. He tried to keep these meetings as hush-hush as possible so the press couldn't get wind of what they were doing.
1: He hoped to fund the program through the Department of Defense, but it wouldn't be so easy to get secret federal funding for a subject as sensational as aliens. For nearly a decade, Reed struggled to secure the support he needed.
0: Then, around 2007, Reid became the Senate Majority Leader and was able to gain the interest of two other Senators, Ted Stevens of Alaska and Daniel Inouye of Hawaii.
1: Stevens was a former fighter pilot who reported unidentified aircraft while on patrol during World War II.
0: And Inouye hailed from Hawaii, where UFO sightings were common.
1: But Stevens and Inouye didn't just share an interest in aliens. They also had high posts on the Defense Spending Committee. They played crucial roles in allocating funds within the Department of Defense.
0: If Senator Reid could convince them to fully pledge their support, he could get the funds for UFO research he was hoping for. And what could be more convincing than a visit to the infamous Sherman Ranch?
1: Sure enough, in 2007, a Defense Intelligence Agency official made a special excursion to the ranch. It's not clear what the government agent discovered, but shortly after, Senator Reed met with Senators Stevens and Inouye again.
0: All three politicians agreed they wanted to fund a UFO research program, but they also wanted to keep it secret. To avoid an open Senate discussion, they filed the initiative under the Pentagon's classified programs. That way, they could keep the information from leaking on the grounds of national security.
1: In 2008, $22 million of the Pentagon's budget went to the creation of a new program, later known as the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP. Most of that government contract went to Robert Bigelow.
0: And although the details of this haven't been made public, it seems some of the new funding was allocated specifically to Sherman Ranch. But despite the additional resources, there was still no proof that supernatural activity took place there.
1: Or at least, that's what the government wanted
0: the public to believe. In 2009, Reed wrote a letter to the deputy defense secretary in which he declared the project had been an overwhelming success. He said the program had made serious progress in identifying unexplained space-related sightings.
1: That same year, in a separate Pentagon briefing, the program's director wrote that, quote, science fiction is now science fact. The agency had discovered technology and weaponry that the United States military
0: couldn't compete with. Despite these documents, no evidence was ever presented publicly. It's not clear exactly what the program found, if anything.
1: Maybe the U.S. government discovered proof that aliens exist. Authorities may have wanted to keep it a secret to prevent a public panic. Or perhaps the entire program was simply a flop.
0: In 2012, the government pulled their funding from Bigelow's research. A few years later, the hotel magnate gave up, too. In 2016, he listed Sherman Ranch for sale.
1: When the Sherman family originally sold the farm to Bigelow, the property had played into the buyer's fascination with the paranormal. The same thing happened when Bigelow sold the ranch. Except this time, the new owner was a devoted skeptic.
0: Brandon Fugel was a multi-millionaire real estate developer. He'd read about the strange stories at Sherman Ranch and wanted to believe them. But he found it highly unlikely that an alien spacecraft was visiting a random farm in the middle of Utah.
1: Still, Fugle told journalist Meg Walter, quote, If there was just a 1% chance that what had been reported on the ranch was real, it could very well change the way we look at our world and lead to the greatest discoveries of our time.
0: But for six months, he never saw anything out of the ordinary. As far as he could tell, it was just another run of the mill farm. Perhaps purchasing the ranch was a mistake.
1: Then one day, Fugel was out in the fields when suddenly a mysterious object flew over his head. He glanced up and saw a silver disc about 50 feet long hovering in place.
0: Fugel was stunned. This wasn't a plane, a helicopter, or some obscure glowing light. He was confident he was looking at an alien spacecraft.
1: Fugel's jaw dropped. Instantly, he was transformed
0: from a skeptic to a believer. Others on the ranch also experienced things that defied explanation. The same day Fugle saw the UFO, people on the ranch said their cell phone batteries went from 80% charged to completely dead in a matter of minutes.
1: After that incident, Fugel invested more in the property, decking it out with flight trackers and high-tech monitoring systems. He hired a top-notch team of scientists to record their findings. A film crew even began to shoot a documentary series about the ranch.
0: Over the next few years, Fugel and his employees encountered multiple phenomena that the previous owners had experienced, including at least one cattle mutilation, unexplained illnesses, and strange sounds. However, they still haven't confirmed the existence of aliens. That hasn't stopped
1: Fugel's team from continuing to search for proof. But many people remain skeptical that aliens ever appeared at Sherman Ranch.
0: The greatest enemy to Fugel's multi-million dollar investment might not be advanced weaponry or hostile aliens, but a simple truth.
1: Coming up, we explore what's really going on at Sherman Ranch. Now back to the story.
0: Throughout the 90s and 2000s, Sherman Ranch became famous for its alleged UFO activity. Many believed it had been visited by extraterrestrials, mythical beasts, and even interdimensional portals.
1: But when it came to the question of why aliens might be frequenting a remote part of Utah, there was only speculation.
0: Some people have theorized that the aliens were after certain minerals found in the Uinta Basin, where the ranch is located. The area has one of the world's largest deposits of a natural resource called gilsonite. It's used as a sealing agent for all sorts of purposes,
1: like making printer ink or laying down asphalt. Perhaps the extraterrestrials zeroed in on the ranch to attain this precious commodity.
0: That said, as mere Earthlings, we obviously don't know what special use aliens have for a sealing agent. Perhaps gilsonite is their fuel for interplanetary travel. Or maybe on their planet, it's as rare and valuable as gold. Or perhaps they don't use it at all.
1: But even if we can't explain why aliens would want to visit the Uinta Basin, UFO believers are confident that otherworldly creatures have visited Sherman Ranch.
0: After all, we've heard eyewitness accounts of supernatural activity from three different owners – Terry Sherman, Robert Bigelow and Brandon Fugel.
1: But despite the fantastical nature of these sightings, they all had one thing in common – there's no physical evidence to back them up.
0: None of the ranch owners or on-site researchers managed to get any recordings of spaceships or beasts. And they certainly spared no expense in acquiring the most state-of-the-art technology.
1: After his initial UFO sighting, Fugel installed a highly sophisticated command center. It included multiple 55-inch flat-screen monitors with live feeds from around the property. Dozens of cameras observed every little movement on the farm.
0: And on top of that, a set of transponders tracked any planes flying over Sherman Ranch. Because they were tapped into an aviation database, Fugel's team was able to see when a flight had recorded data, like a flight number, or when it was unidentified, to rule out any human aircraft.
1: Despite all of this expensive equipment, Fugel's crew often complained of technical
0: problems. According to them, their systems went down multiple times because of alleged electromagnetic interference. Perhaps these malfunctions were the result of sabotage by extraterrestrials.
1: But that could have just been a convenient excuse for a lack of proof. After all, it seems unlikely that so much equipment would break down during a supernatural event. Surely, if aliens had passed by, at least one of the many scanners and cameras on the property would have recorded them.
0: The only thing resembling concrete evidence of aliens on the property might be the mutilated cattle carcasses. From Terry Sherman to Robert Bigelow to Brandon Fugel, all of the last three consecutive owners have discovered butchered cows in the fields. This
1: disturbing phenomenon didn't originate with Sherman Ranch, though. It emerged on a widespread scale in the 1970s. In that decade alone, thousands of cattle were found mutilated on their farms.
0: And they had similar wounds to the cows found on Sherman Ranch. Many of their key organs were gone, including eyes, ears, and even genitalia. It also appeared that someone or something had drained their blood.
1: Ranchers believed that the wounds were caused by a sharp instrument. According to them, the cuts were so fine and precise, they were probably done by someone with a surgical knowledge of the animal's anatomy.
0: Some farmers who discovered these carcasses also reported strange lights in the sky. In 1967, two sheriff's deputies in Colorado even claimed to see a glowing orange orb, just like the one Terry Sherman saw in the 1990s. Maybe extraterrestrials were responsible for the slayings.
1: If so, then the corpses found on the ranch would be physical proof of an alien presence. But skeptics aren't so sure of this hypothesis. Even in the 1970s, many people doubted whether the paranormal had anything to do with the mutilations.
0: In fact, in 1979, the FBI performed an investigation into the phenomenon in New Mexico. They concluded that the so-called mutilations were the result of natural deaths or misrepresentation by the media.
1: Because, in reality, the longer an animal decomposes for, the more precise their wounds will appear. So, the slices likely weren't done by an advanced alien race, but by the natural process of death.
0: Even the lack of blood could be explained with a simple answer – gravity. When a cow's heart stops, its blood will drip into the lower portions of the body. It will seem like there's no blood, but really it's just settled at the bottom of the carcass.
1: After a year of research, the Bureau ruled out the possibility that paranormal beings mutilated the cattle in the 1970s. Based on their conclusion, it would be unlikely that the slayings on Sherman Ranch had anything to do with extraterrestrials either.
0: Maybe all of the stories of alien activity on Sherman Ranch are exaggerated, Or perhaps we still don't have all the information and the United States government knows more than they're letting on.
1: Although the Department of Defense pulled their funding from ATIP in 2012, the Pentagon didn't stop researching potential UFOs. And in June of 2021, they released a nine-page report on their findings.
0: Government officials analyzed 144 cases in which military pilots encountered Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs. This new abbreviation replaced the old term UFOs. Of
1: the 144 accounts, they attributed one to a huge deflating balloon. However, the other 143 remained completely unexplainable. The Pentagon couldn't say for certain what the pilots saw in the air that day. It could have been something human-made, like a drone or a helicopter,
0: or a weather balloon. Or it could have been a spacecraft from another planet.
1: Still, many skeptics claim that pilot testimony wasn't as reliable as it seemed. Despite Navy pilots' intense training, they're still susceptible to mistakes.
0: During their alleged UAP sightings, some of the pilots took videos of the unidentified craft. They showed small black or white ovals floating on blurry screens. Some experts argued that these images could have been a blip on the camera or a trick of the light.
1: Even some UFO experts doubted pilots' accounts. Back in the 1970s, ufologist J. Allen Hynek once claimed that, quote, Commercial and military pilots appear to make relatively poor witnesses.
0: When examining a collection of UFO reports for his 1977 book, The Hynek UFO Report, he determined that 88% of military pilots and 89% of commercial pilots misidentified what they saw. And sure enough, the 2021 UAP report also admitted that some of the unexplained cases could have been the result of misperceptions.
1: Still, despite these points of contention, many believers in extraterrestrial visits viewed the report as a sign that alien life could be visiting Earth right now.
0: Remember, even Senator Harry Reid was willing to risk his career to fund research on Sherman Ranch.
1: And in private, he seemed to be amazed at the discoveries Maybe he and the other officials learned about what was really happening at the Utah property.
0: Perhaps some of the 143 unexplained UAP cases took place in those skies. And when Sherman, Bigelow and Fugel saw lights hovering in the air, they were seeing beings from the other side of the galaxy.
1: We may never know, but today the search goes on the United States government continues to investigate UAPs. In 2022, a new report released by the Pentagon recorded that the number of unidentified aircraft has risen to 510. And to manage these sightings, the Department of Defense opened a new bureau. They call it the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office.
0: It's not clear what they found, if anything. Maybe they've hit a dead end.
1: Or maybe Brandon Fugel and Sherman Ranch are our greatest hope for determining if aliens exist. Even now, his team continues to monitor the land and the sky 24-7 for any sign of UFOs. Perhaps one day, they'll finally find the evidence that proves we are not alone.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. For more information on Sherman Ranch, amongst the many sources we used, we found Column A, Kelleher, and George Knapp's book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, extremely helpful to our research.
1: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take We Don't Know, for an answer
0: unexplained mysteries is a spotify original from Parcast. executive produced by max cutler our head of programming is julian Boireau. our supervising sound designer is russell nash with nick johnson as our head of production and quality control by lisa marie gallegos ali Wickers is our supervising editor and derek jennings is our writing lead This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Alex Bernard, edited by Ben Hanani and Alex Garland, fact-checked by Claire Cronin, researched by Josephine Cahue and Chelsea Wood, recorded by Alex Button, produced by Bruce Katovich, with sound design by Michael Motion. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me,
2: Richard Rossner.